and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor Major H. Gibbons Sr., coming to you this morning on our On the Wall Ministries uh, Sunday School Hour. We thank God for you joining us this morning, a winter day. We do send our prayers to the uh, Richardson and the Douglas family, Sister Sadie uh, Douglas from Pine Hill Baptist Church. She passed away in eulogized yesterday. We uh, had an appointment yesterday and could not get to the funeral. Tried to get up Friday evening. Uh, funeral home uh, was not open on Friday evening. It's really body, but we do thank God. We're still praying for the family that they put their trust in the Lord. Everything is going to be all right. So let's get into our lesson this morning. Uh, John the Baptist appears in our lesson coming out of uh, December the 18th, lesson three out of our commentary this morning, standard commentary, but also all of your uh, standard commentary lesson plans that comes under everybody except Union Gospel Press. They have a different lesson plan, but if you got any other commentary, Sunday School material, you can follow along with us this morning or go to our Facebook page. We do download the outline early in the week to be able to follow along with us this morning. John the Baptist appears coming out of Luke 3rd chapter verses 2b through 6, 15 through 18. Uh, as we look at our lesson this morning, uh, we'll be able to look at our lesson aims to be able to identify Old Testament passage that John quoted, then compare and contrast the different uh, Gospels account of, of John the Baptist here in Luke, Matthew, and Mark, and John. Then articulate whether uh, we should be able to not intentionally seek to have a personal wilderness experience. But when we do have that wilderness experience, God is trying to shape us into that which he should or uh, we should not want us to be. So let's get into our lesson this morning. John the Baptist appears, beginning with Luke 3rd chapter, verses 2b through 6 through 15 through 18. Let us read it together. Uh, the word of the Lord came unto, the word of God came unto John, uh, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness, and he came into his own country, into uh, Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance of the remission of sins. Uh, verse 4, and it is written in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make paths straight. And every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be brought low, crooked shall be made straight, rough places shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. And the people were in expectation, and all men were amused in their hearts of John, whether he was the Christ or not. John answered and said unto them, all... I indeed baptize with water, but one that is mightier than I cometh and latches whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in the hand, and he will thoroughly purge the floor and will gather the wheat into the garner, but shaft he will burn in fire unquenchable. And many other things in occasion he preached unto the people. Our key text this morning comes out of that third verse that says, He came in all the country of Judah, preaching the baptism of repentance of the remission of sins. Again, let's look at this passage that he quoted out of the Old Testament, then contrast uh, those different gospels account of this story, then look at whether or not that we should or should not intentionally seek to have a personal wilderness experience. Uh, as we look at our introduction this morning, uh, for a reason I worked as an intern, uh, uh, is located in the Navajo Nation in Arizona. Uh, this, uh, he learned of living in a new location. He gave them opportunities to be able to deepen his relationship with God. 
Their internship became a wilderness experience, both physically and spiritually. And he served that congregation. He better understood his personal limitations regarding his ministry. And though the experience challenged him, it led him to grow uh, to be a servant of the body of Christ. So this so-called wilderness experience is a memorial because of how uh, it has the potential to change our lives. And though these experiences might be uh, disoriented and filled with challenges, God used them to draw people closer to him for greater service and examples like Elijah and Paul. And this is what we be called the ripple effect. People that have wilderness experiences, somehow not only do they impact their lives, but they impact other people's lives. That domino effect takes a place when you get into a, uh, a an experience and people see how God brought you through, then it gives them the encouragement that God will bring them to all. So as we look at our lesson context this morning, uh, all four Gospels tell this account of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And we take uh, care not to confuse John with the one who wrote the Gospels, but John uh, the Baptist and John, the one that Jesus loved, were two different individuals. John the Baptist was not a, uh, an apostle, but uh, John who wrote the gospel was. So the gospel described John as preaching of one in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, vein of, of Elijah or Elijah. And he came to be able to preach, to turn the hearts of those uh, back to the Father. So those disobedient to the ones who have disobeyed God, he was going to turn their hearts back to them. So John spent his formidable years in the wilderness and some students of the New Testament proposed that while in the wilderness, John interacted with some Essenes, another sect of Jews that like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and, but John's birth described in our lesson last week after pausing to tell the birth of Jesus, Luke introduces or reintroduces the audience to John. He does by setting the context of John's public ministry uh, within the political and also the religious context of that day. And as we look at our lesson this morning, Luke references uh, of those leaders do more than merely establish a timeline of these events in our gospel. The inclusion of these rulers reminds Luke uh, of the intended audience, uh, uh, maybe uh, primarily Gentile in the background, but the Jewish people at that time lived under foreign Roman occupation, and they were waiting for a savior to come to bring them and to cause them to break the bond. They were under the Roman, uh, uh, Roman captivity at that time. But this was a different salvation that John was coming and talking about, and this was going to be uh, brought out in our lesson today. So let's get into our lesson. A prophet appears in our first study in the wilderness. Uh, let's go to verse 2b. And the word of the Lord came unto John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And the word of the Lord uh, comes in the Old Testament prophets that uh, spoke concerning the Lord. They, they came and the word of the Lord came through men that were uh, inspired. I think in our message this morning, we're going to talk about all scripture is God inspired. So when the word of the Lord come, we're talking about God is trying to send a definite message to his people so that the word will be able to cause them to change and turn their lives around. Mm -hmm. So in the scripture, the word of the Lord came to him while he was there in the wilderness. Uh, in scripture, wilderness was significant to the people of God. And John was preaching in the wilderness of Judea and it was helping them realize that they were... Uh, 
in a situation because of their behavior. Mm. When you get into a situation where your behavior is out of the realm where God wants you to be, sometimes God allows things to happen. He will allow you to go through a wilderness experience in order for you to be able to uh, understand exactly. But also, the wilderness experience is hardens you. Uh, the scripture says iron sharpens iron. So when you go into a wilderness experience, that wilderness experience will be able to see whether or not you can cut it or not. Whether you can make it in the wilderness experience, that will let you know that if you are armed and ready to do the work that God has called you to do. And here he said that even Jesus spent time, what, in the wilderness before his public uh, ministry. The wilderness serves as a context that prepared John for his ministry also. In verse 3, he says, he came to his own country under Jordan, preaching the baptism of the repentance for the remission of sin. Mm -hmm. uh, here, John is coming to be in the forerunner of Jesus Christ, like you said in earlier, uh, like in the spirit of Elijah. He's trying to get the people to turn their hearts back to God. Here, John is preaching the baptism of repentance uh, for the remission of sin. He is not preaching the salvation that Jesus was presenting, but what he's doing is he's trying to get the people's hearts ready to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. Until you get your heart ready, you know what the scripture says, that no one comes to God unless the Spirit draws them. The Spirit of God will draw you, but you have to have a desire to have that, 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 that repentance and desire for repentance or a need for repentance. See, many of us, we, we don't pray and ask God for repentance because we don't think we have a need for repentance. But when the Spirit of God draws you, it lets you into a place of needing God. I need yeah, God I, because I'm unworthy. God will come in and cleanse me of my sin. That's what that repentance for the remission of sins. He will cleanse you. So John's duty was to prepare people for the one that will come to cleanse them. John could not cleanse them. John had no gospel to preach. But John was preparing the way for the one that would come to uh, offer salvation unto the world. Verse 4, he says, This is written in the words of Isaiah of the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, and make thy path straight. So Luke opened up the words of Isaiah the prophet to show that John's message fulfilled the Old Testament prophet. A closed word-by-word word comparison between those two show some differences in the text. But Luke quoted from the Septuagint, or the Greek version of the Old Testament. The differences uh, highlighted how uh, John, uh, he interpreted that to be able to tell the people what God was trying to tell them. Uh, Old Testament celebrated the return of captivity and they returned to Jerusalem. So the people were to declare God's faithfulness to Jerusalem and all the people were to wait upon the Lord and God's restoration and his salvation was seen to be at the hand for his people. So look, Luke took this opportunity to be able to tell the story, to proclaim that John was to prepare the way for God's people to work out their salvation. John provided a spiritual erection in the light of God's salvation. John was like one what crying in the wilderness, preaching the message of repentance, forgiveness, and baptism. He proclaimed the message of hope to prepare the way of, of people to repent and to accept God's redemptive work through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If you cannot accept Jesus Christ, I think one of the things I would 
I think about in our message uh, for this morning. People always want to celebrate Christmas and celebrate uh, uh, all different times of holidays and, and everything. But we got to realize that when you think about Jesus, if that there was no grave without the cave. He was born in the cave, but he died and rose from the grave. But you got to believe in his birth. The miracle of his birth, was it led the way to the miracle of his resurrection. Mm -hmm. If it was not a miraculous birth, it could not be a miraculous resurrection. Here in our lesson, we're saying this, that he said that he's come to make the way straight, mm -hmm. to prepare the way for the one to come. And then verse 5 said, every valley... He's quoting from what? Isaiah, ain't it? Every valley shall be filled and every mountain shall be brought low. And the crooked places made straight and the rough places shall be made smooth. Mm -hmm. All four gospels tell this account of Isaiah 40 to describe the ministry that John was coming. And other gospel accounts did not include the material of Isaiah 40, but is also found again in Luke 3, 5, and 6. Mm -hmm. The metaphor of landing being filled and brought low is the image of what? Humility mm -hmm. and repentance. In order for you to, as I, I told you earlier, for you to accept salvation through Christ, you have to understand that I'm not what? I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. When I'm not worthy, then I need to have what? Repentance and forgiveness of sin. Mm -hmm. So you have to feel that unworthiness. So the Spirit of God will draw you in to feel that unworthiness. So mm -hmm. he said that when he comes, that he will what? Fill every valley mm -hmm. to make it smooth. Tear down every mountain and hill to make it low. And those crooked places shall be made straight. Mm -hmm. And rough places shall be made smooth. All of that will be done by making the way straight so that when Jesus Christ comes, the foundation of the gospel will already be laid. By Amen. quoting the prophet in this manner, Luke is illustrating the scope of God's salvation. Amen. His salvation serves as a guide our feet into the way of salvation offered through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Verse 6 says that all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. You saw he told uh, Abraham, he told Abraham that through your See, all people of the earth shall be blessed. Mm -hmm. So here he says that all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord. Okay. You know, the scripture says that every knee shall bow, every tongue no, shall confess. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about it is you're going to do that in time or too late. Okay. You know, well, I would rather confess it in time mm -hmm. to be saved than to confess it too late to find out that I got to stand before God in judgment. Yeah. So we got to, all flesh shall see the salvation of the Lord, but need to see it in time. Old folks says that, why you still got time? Mm -hmm. I think they used to pray that say, when the blood is still what? Mm -hmm. Running warm in your veins. Accept Jesus Christ while you got time. All flesh shall see the salvation, but you got to make your choice now while you still have time, while you're still living. Mm -hmm. The prophet's identity, the crowd's expectation. Verse 15 says, all people, or excuse me, is... And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he was the Christ or not. So John came, and, and he came with that certain expectation mm -hmm. that people were looking for the Christ. They were looking for someone 
to, to break the bond that, that, that the Roman government had over them. They were in that Roman bondage, they were under Roman rule, and they wanted someone to free them from that. So here it is, they were looking for the Messiah. So John came speaking boldly, so they were wondering whether he was the Messiah or not. So John clearly and, and distinctly makes sure he clarifies that he was not the Messiah. Verse 16a says that what? John answered and said unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one that is mightier than I, the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John picked up the crowd's thoughts about him being the possibility of being the Messiah, and he made sure that he affirmed that he baptized with water that was very valuable. It had a certain value to it, but John's baptism was only temporary. The baptism John is telling us about one that is mightier than he that will come after him. He says that I baptize with water, which is temporary, but one that come after me will baptize with, with what? He'll baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So he says that mine is temporary, but one that come after me, once you're baptized in the blood, once you're baptized in, in the Holy Ghost and with the fire of God, you cannot turn away. Jesus says, I will not let anyone snatch you out of my hands. Once saved, always saved. Can you slip? Yes. Can you sin? Yes. See, God didn't save you from your sins. See, somebody going to get upset. Come on. God saved you from your sin. From sin is a, is a holistic word. It's a totality word. You, you are born in sin and you are shaping in iniquity. You don't have to commit sins to be sinful. Because you're already in sin. So you're born in sin and you're shaped in iniquity. So God did not save us from our sins. He saved us from sin. But when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, yes, the body still have the ability to commit sin. But what it is, we are not a sinner that have been escaped the salvation of God. When God saves us, he saws us into eternity. All Once right. saved, you're always saved. All right. Yes, you can fall, but you're always saved. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not always saved because you say you're saved. Nope. See, don't get the pastor confused. You're not saved because you always that you said you're saved. When you're saved, that's through Christ Jesus. Amen. Once He puts His mark on you, you are saved. saved. There is no turning around. But when you put your mark on you, <laughs> when you put your mark on you, when you said you're saved, but and that don't necessarily means that you are saved. Then. All right. Scripture says that everyone that says what, Lord, Lord, save me. huh? Everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will not enter to the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Just because you're saying, Lord, don't mean you're saved. Saved means that you're saved in your soul. Mm -hmm. He says that he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Mm -hmm. So John acknowledges that difference, that he's not the one. Christ will baptize us into the body of Christ. When we are baptized into the body of Christ, we become what? His children. Mm -hmm. So it's a difference between the baptism of John and the baptism of Jesus Christ. John baptized you into you coming forth, presenting yourself before God. A Jesus' baptism comes and presents you as a member of the family of God. 
And that's the difference between those two baptisms. Mm -hmm. Verse 17, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into the garner, and but the shaft he will burn. So I was telling you earlier, you will be in or what? Out. You, he says that the fan is in his hand. He has the authority. Remember when one came and Jesus said, don't be afraid of the one that will destroy the body, but be concerned about the one that can take the body and the soul. So here he's saying the fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly, what, purge the floor. He'll gather the wheat and the shaft. He said, let the wheat and the shaft come up together and I'll do the what? Separating. He'll do the dividing. So the thing is, the wheat goes into the eternal heaven and the shaft goes into eternal judgment. So we have to be concerned. Make sure that, that, that you are wheat. Huh? Make sure that you are sheep. Make sure that you are in the family of God. All right. Then verse 18 says, As many other things in his exhortation preach he unto the people. Mm -hmm. So Luke pro provides this editorial statement that John said many other things regarding the coming of Christ. And John preached and he rebuked the political leaders of that day and, and, and Herodotus uh, Antipas and, and uh, for his immorality that led to his beheading and prompting Herod's wife to be able to allow Herodias, her daughter, to dance before the uh, Herod to be able to get his his approval to put John to death. So John understood that his role is as a servant of God. And that's what you and I have to understand. Mm -hmm. We are only servants. A lot of times we want to be in head pastors and deacons and we in charge. No, we are servants of God. Mm -hmm. God called us to serve the church. Mm -hmm. We are servants of the most high God. And our duty is to be a servant of God. So he proclaimed the message of God's plan and salvation was arriving through Jesus Christ by him being only the forerunner. The message was good news and it was told in a way uh, to get people out of their sin and the spiritual condemnation because of what sin brought into their lives. But the one that can do that was on his way. And John is the one preparing the way to how salvation will come into the world and letting us know that it is coming and is coming soon. So here... As we come to our conclusion, John is what came to be the forerunner of Christ and the prophet unto the people. And he served the cause of Christ by baptizing people into the life of repentance and proclaiming imminent arrival of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. Throughout his ministry, John was the Baptist. He proclaimed the good news, encouraging the downtrodden and upset powerful leaders by them uh, causing uh, them to face uh, their own sin, to face the life that they were living, and they did not like it. John put them on the spot, and though the scripture is mostly silent because his time in the wilderness, he came from that place with a message that will change the world. So the question to you today, are you changing the world? How have a wilderness experience put you in a situation where that you can impact other people? How might a wilderness experience prepare you to explain or proclaim God's message of salvation through Jesus Christ? The experiences may cost you. Wilderness experiences may not bring you life filled with goodness and happiness and pleasure and comfort and wealth and honor, but instead, Jesus' followers are called to follow him to proclaim the good news of his salvation. So in this sense, 
all Christians, all believers, prepare the world for the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming soon. He, our duty is to prepare the way for his second coming. Mm -hmm. Tell them that every knee must bow, every tongue must confess. Mm -hmm. Tell them that you must confess with your mouth, then believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. Then you can be saved. That's the message of salvation. That's the encouraging word that we can give to the people during this holiday season. Christ came to be, not to be a baby uh, in a manger. Christ came so that he could die on that cross for our sins. He became the Paschal Lamb. The Lamb led to slaughter to be able to save us from our sin. That's what Jesus did. So let us pray today that as we wait for his return, show us to prepare others to be able to receive his salvation that he offers. Help us to be attentive at the workings of the Spirit in our wilderness experiences that we have in life. Help us to learn that though we're in the wilderness, Lord, you're always there with us. That's what we can depend on. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Let everybody say amen. 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 Prepare the way of the Lord. That's our thought for today. Let us move into preparing the world for the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He came up the first time and they didn't believe it. And a lot of them believe he's coming again. But God is true to his word. God will come and he will give us what we need to bring comfort to our weary souls. He allowed the Holy Spirit to come to be our comforter, to be our guide, to help us through the difficult situations that we're in. We don't have to face this life alone. We can face this with our help and our hope in Christ Jesus. God bless you all. We hope each of you have uh, enjoyed our Sunday school this morning. We're going to get into our morning message. We'll have a little worship song, and then we'll get ready to get into our morning message. We thank God for you joining us. And again, we hope that each of you will 